This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. Michael Powers is an investment strategist at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town and Michael Power has penned a power piece on emerging markets and also with specific reference to China, a piece called We Need to Talk About China. Michael Power is on the telephone now. Why do we need to talk about China, Michael? Well, it's the dragon in the room, if not the elephant in the room. We're now seeing it's waiting in the MSCI EM index upgraded because of the admission of the a shares. I say the admission of the A shares, they're coming in at an initial weight of two and a half percent of their market cap, going up to five percent in September. Were all the A shares to be accepted as is at the moment, that would increase China's weight in the index of 42 percent. And given that there's a lot of Asia that basically dances to the Chinese rhythm, we're now seeing a situation where emerging market fund investment is by and large, Asian fund investment with a few uh, decorations around the edges from the rest of the world, which is why I think we need to speak about China, because we're now heading for a situation whereby within eight years, China will probably be the world's largest economy. And is MSCI EM telling us that they're still going to classify it as an emerging market, even if it is the largest economy in the world? It's already the second largest market cap in the world. And uh, at the end of last year, Of the 16 largest Asian companies, including Japan, uh, 13 out of 16 were Chinese. Only Samsung, Toyota and Taiwan Semiconductor made the cut. So we're now in this situation where China really is waking up in terms of its size. And uh, it's uh, the system that reflects the measurement of that is just not growing fast enough to accommodate it. Okay, the way you introduce your we need to talk about China piece, you say the following. In the past, the investor would have been broadly right to call the end of any emerging market party by monitoring the twin tides of US dollar liquidity and the mineral commodity price cycles. If one of these two tides was ebbing, the US dollar appreciating mineral prices falling, the emerging market party would likely be drawing to a close. If both were receding, the party would almost certainly be over. Are they both receding? Yes, they are. But the party isn't necessarily over because Asia itself isn't necessarily a hostage to those two tides. In fact, Asia is increasingly, as I say later in the article, becoming part of the tide itself. And that's the point is that we're now moving out of a stage where emerging markets was really a hostage to dollar liquidity and commodity prices to something completely different. When you pen this article, obviously what has happened over the last 48 hours in emerging markets and in developed world markets, so-called developed world markets, European markets, United States market, wasn't apparent yet. I mean, the manifestation of the market moves wasn't there, but the groundwork had been done. Have you been surprised by the last two days? And what do you think has caused the last two days? No, I haven't been surprised. In fact, I've been calling for this event for some time now, and I I do regard Italy as the Achilles heel of Europe and indeed the Eurozone. I think obviously the exact timing and event sequence that we've experienced over the last few days has probably caught all of us unaware. But the underlying reality of Italy is that it's an accident waiting to happen. It's debt to GDP ratio is 135%. It's 10 times the size of 
of Greece in terms of economic size. Its debt is seven times that of Greece, has unfunded pension liabilities of 350%. It's the largest bond market in Europe, larger than Germany, France or Britain, uh, fourth largest in the world. And it's basically got by the grace of Draghi over the last uh, seven years, six years, keeping interest rates at unbelievably low levels and buying up uh, Italian government bonds into the ECB balance sheet. And the, the total purchase is not just Italy, but all of the South, basically, is 2.3 trillion euros now, on top of which there's a backdoor mechanism by which Germany has been supporting the South through something called Target 2. And that has uh, some 444 billion euros has gone Italy's way. So it's only a matter of time that when liquidity started to dry up and interest rates started to edge up, that unless the underlying fundamentals of Italy had solidly improved, which I do not believe they have, Mm. they were basically going to be, um, as Warren Buffett always says, when the tide goes out, they're going to be caught swimming naked. Yes, indeed. And certainly they're not naked, but they're in their underwear at the moment. Is this just an excuse for the markets to say to themselves, well, I need something to justify a selling off? Or do you think this is a real situation, far, far realer, if that's a word, than Greece was all those years ago? I think it's the latter. I think that in any case, markets were coming towards the end. Uh, we saw yield curves were flattening. We see the, the DXY, the dollar index, had started to get stronger again. Uh, there were other events taking place, Argentina, Turkey, that were not directly connected to this. But I think that uh, what's happening in Italy at the moment, obviously brought on by its own political cycle, is hastening the process by which the economic cycle that we've all enjoyed since uh, basically uh, 2008 is now running into, uh, I think, 107 quarters of expansion. And, um, you know, we're now, sorry, 107 months of expansion. We're now at the, the end of that. We're in the second longest expansion since World War II. And uh, it was only a matter of time before that, in the normal course of uh, cycles, came to an end. I think this event in Italy is essentially uh, bringing that all about very quickly. Where does China fit in with what we're seeing in Italy and what we're seeing on the world's uh, markets, not just uh, equity markets, but also capital markets, which is another interesting story, because I noticed that the US 10-year is in the low 280s now, where it was um, 3.10 plus just uh, seven or eight trading days ago. I think what's happened is that everyone will be affected, China included, but China will probably be least affected or affected by the buffeting that we're all going to face in the next uh, few months. And when we're out of this on the other side come 2020 or whenever, China's relative position will have jumped up even further. By my estimation, we're only eight years away from China overtaking the United States to become the largest economy in the world. And maybe this whole experience we're about to go through over a couple of years will speed up that process. I don't see China as being unaffected by this, but I don't see it in any way being knocked over. What do you mean by experience? Please put it in black and white for a layman like myself. Have the last two days been a precursor to something more meaningful and more lengthy? Yeah, look, the name of the game at the moment is a giant game of chicken between the optimists and pessimists as to when the next downturn stroke recession is coming. With the optimists who generally look at the world through American glasses holding out for 220 and the pessimists who are increasingly looking at the world through Japanese or European glasses now calling 2019. And it's only a question of, of probably an argument over six months as to who is right. So, you know, the the thing that I'm suggesting at the moment that events like Italy and and possibly Turkey, Argentina and and various other possible accidents that could happen could pull 
the time frame closer towards the pessimistic perspective. So we could see something uh, happening in, in like a recession in 2019. I spent a very lazy Saturday afternoon a couple of weeks ago watching a film called The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg, I think, was in it. This little boat kept on rising above these giant waves that were buffeting it, etc. And at one stage, the skies cleared and you thought they were going to get back with their load of tuna or whatever fish they were catching. And then suddenly the storm came back again. And this massive wave in the end got them. Is this a massive wave now? And is the little boat with George Clooney as its skipper the emerging market world? Gosh, I I like the analogy, but I don't like the implications. Look, I think that this could be a rather... I think if Italy is... We're just talking about the Italian boat here. I mean, you know, that Italy is facing some sort of reckoning in the next few years. You know, it hasn't seen its wages rise since 2000. The size of the economy hasn't risen since 2000. Productivity is bad. Demographics are the worst in Europe. Unfunded pension liability at 350 percent of GDP. Bad debt ratios in the banks around 20 percent. You know, there is a lot in Italy that needs to be tidied up. And I don't think it's going to be done, to be perfectly honest, within the, the confines of the euro, as much as I think that, uh, you know, in abstract, it's probably a good for them, thing for them to stay within the eurozone. I think that this could just break the structure. And I'm not sure how much the northerners who truly found it very difficult to bail out Greece are going to look towards Italy and say, can we bail out Italy? The Financial Times summarized it by saying that Italy was too big to fail and too big to bail, which I don't quite know what the the consequences of that combination is. South Africa, where do we fit in? Probably a make-weight in the emerging market fraternity. South Africa is often at what I call a bad news overweight, uh, which means that unless it's somehow precipitating the problem itself, it generally speaking doesn't do so badly on a relative basis in a downturn like this. However, that doesn't mean that it doesn't suffer on an absolute basis. It'll come down, but perhaps not as much as, as some of the others that are even more exposed than we are. Are you a little bit scared, Michael Power? Not if I look at the world as a whole, uh, not if I look at the world that includes uh, China and emerging Asia and indeed India. No, but if I just put on my Western glasses, uh, yes, I probably am. Mm. Fascinating stuff and um, intriguing and also a little bit scary to me anyway. Michael Power, thank you very much for your time this evening. That's Michael Power, investment strategist at Investec Asset Management, sometimes in Cape Town. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.